So I said on the show last time that for some reason, um, Derby away in the FA Cup, not this most recent one, but the one before was was a random, randomly a game I absolutely wished I was at. I have to say, today was much less randomly a game I absolutely wish I was at. The uh, general consensus seems to be the best Old Trafford atmosphere for as long as a lot of people can remember. Helps when you're winning, doesn't it? I mean, against City. Joyous, absolutely joyous result. And and the perfect... Never in doubt. (laughs) We beat them every week. It's the perfect crescendo... That McTominay goal, just an absolutely, absolutely perfect way to rip the roof off Old Trafford. So you still believe this wasn't a very important game then? Didn't, didn't really matter whether you won or lost. <laughs> just, just checking. It wasn't the end of the world if we lost is all. Um, but absolutely delightful. And, and ultimately, like in a lot of ways, I thought kind of a good performance. And we'll get to the 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 nitty gritty of the performance and the goods and the not so goods and all that kind of stuff but in the end it's just really because we do a podcast where we analyze stuff but sometimes it's just nice to be a football fan isn't it and just be like oh it's good it's good when your team beats the team that is are the baddies they are the baddies and we beat them i mean pep would make a good baddie don't you think yeah sitting I mean, there stroking his tactics book getting shushed not by- mr bond <laughs> Getting shushed by no Mr. Fernandez. I expect you to die. And Fernandez giving it the old shh, settle down. <laughs> very, very enjoyable that was. So, shall we talk through some of the uh, spectacular performances uh, amongst the United players? I mean, probably none more spectacular than Juan Bissaka's absolute destruction of Raheem. Raheem Sterling should just retire now. He's such. Raheem Sterling. Is so good at football. Like he is, I mean, he's not having the best season he's ever had, but he's an absolutely brilliant footballer. But Aaron Wambasaka is so good at defending. So Palace had a chance, a chant for him, which went, um, Your wingers won't like him. Wambasaka, Wambasaka. And I have to say, it's a shame we are generally against appropriating chants from other Premier League clubs for our players that we sign them from, because that is such a fitting chant for Wan-Bissaka, because your winger won't like him. Like, it must be horrible to play against someone who is so good at tackling. So good, they should have named him Tubizaka. <laughs> I stole that joke, by the way. Okay, <laughs> right. Was, I, it was a good joke. It was very, very solid. Um, I mean, he... Sterling just could not get past him. It, it, time and time again, I thought he was past him and then the tackle came in. I mean, he didn't do a great deal going forward in this game, Wambasaka, but he didn't have to. And and he, he provided such an important platform for the players who did get forward. Right, yeah. Brendan Williams down the left got forward a lot more and tired as a result, I think. But yeah, Wambasaka was uh, just imperious defending and... Uh, that that side of the ground, that side of the field was just completely locked up uh, and gave a lot of uh, security to, to all the defenders around him. There was, there was a moment late in the game when Harry Maguire got out of position and it looks like, from one angle, Maguire's miraculously got back to get the tackle in. But it wasn't Maguire. Maguire got nowhere near it. Wambazaka came out of absolutely nowhere to wrap his foot uh, around the City attacker and get the tackle in. I have to say, like, 
there's been a lot of conversation earlier in the season about the, you know, how we did last summer. And I think Maguire didn't have his best game today, but he's grown massively as the season's gone on. And Dan James, I, I like, I think it's pretty clear to see he's a squad player and one for the future who's been thrown into the side by circumstance. But Juan Bissaka is just, especially as his attacking performances have improved, he's just an unadulterated, super, super high quality signing. One, And I have to say, like at the risk of some, what would be for me, extremely standard hyperbole, one of the best signings we've made for years. Well, look, he's, he's had a perfect season. How old is he? 21, 22? He's, he's still yeah, he's super young. young. So he's got plenty of room to grow into those skill sets that we know are his weaker points. Mm-hmm. Defending, he just time and time again, he he makes his last last ditch tackles or, or just defends really well 1v1. I mean, there was the old adage that defenders who go to ground a lot are making up for some kind of deficiency. I just think this is his skill. You know, he just times tackles so well. Um, and and sure, he's uh, he in the modern game, he could add more going forward and he is adding more going forward and he didn't need it today or he couldn't get forward as much today because United had 30% possession um, and that was today's performance. But, but he's a, an outstanding defender. Uh, it'll be an interesting choice for Gareth Southgate whether he takes him to the Euros this summer or not, because you'd think so. I mean, Alexander Arnold would, you'd think, be the number one, but they Liverpool play in a very specific way, which yeah. England cannot. Um, yeah. England cannot. You know, he's used as a creative midfielder basically who happens to play it right back. So, um, and. I mean, you know, Wambasak is gonna in those games where England playing better teams, he 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 would be a very very safe choice. Anyway, I don't want to talk about England too much, but he was he was outstanding today. But Williams was very good until he just looked like he was getting tired. Uh, yeah, so. um, he he took some stick as well. Like he took a one really nasty tackle, which I, I thought uh, had quite. I think it was from maybe Rodri. Um, which I thought had quite an impact on him, sort of suddenly tiring, understandably. And I actually thought it was tactically quite interesting that Luke Shaw got forward all the time from left centre-back. And the two of them both went forward. And I wonder if that was partly one of the reasons why Wan-Bissaka got forward so little. It was actually a deliberate tactical move to say, we're going to try and create overloads on this side. And City have got such a threat from the other side that we'll, we'll hold back kind of trying to double up on overloads on either side. Sure. And then in central midfield, I mean, Fred and Matic had a... They didn't They didn't get a lot of the ball, so they weren't creating much, but defensively, very, very good and, and gave United a, a, a solid base. And I think w- one of the things that was so interesting, although City had a lot of possession, how many saves did David Hare have to make that weren't absolutely routine? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, one maybe, where he uh, dived to his left and kept one out. Yeah, what? the get that Gabby J- Jesus one where he um, fired it in and Dave kind of scooped it into a slightly dangerous error, but turned out fine. And there was one long shot from Phil Foden, which was a slightly above routine save, but not that yeah, far. 0.59 xg for City today on seventy percent possession. Amazing. I mean, I, 0.59. I don't. I, I haven't got the 
data to hand, I don't think they'll have had 0.59 XG all season. No, and 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 this is a game in which, in my opinion, for the most part, Solskjaer deserves immense credit. Like, I, I think the the lineup was. I mean, there's one very interesting dis- decision in that lineup, which is to play Matic rather than McTominay, and that's you know I saw that and I was thinking, oh, that's that's quite the shout to you lose quite a lot of energy and you know you gain some uh, potentially you gain some more incisive passing and some ability to turn defense into attack very quickly and of course you gain a lot of experience and Matic has displayed a real calm head in this recent uptick in good form but was proved to be absolutely the right choice and and obviously playing the back three and the personnel decision in the back that back three to play Luke Shaw rather than Eric Bailly as the third centre-back. Like, all of that turned out really to be very good decisions and and it wasn't one of those games which we kind of criticised lots of managers for over the years where you're just trying to soak up really dangerous pressure for really long stretches of time. Because like you say, City's possession was, with a couple of specific exceptions, like the offside that was very narrow, you know, um, was never really that threatening. No, true. I mean, United made them play in front of in front of that back five a lot, uh, and so yeah, the seventy two percent looks like one of those looks like one of those weird Mourinho games, doesn't it? Although I don't think United were playing for until not until the last ten minutes were United playing for territory. You know, just kicking it into the corner, and and we did a little bit of that at the end, but. But when we had the possession, not much of it, it was an attempt to break. Played it into the channels for Dan James sometimes, tried to play it through midfield with limited success. Mostly came straight back at United, but just defended really, really well from from far enough out that uh, it, it didn't become overwhelming. So just another very good defensive performance uh, from United against City, th- three this season. Two really good periods of play I thought were at the back end of the first half and uh, in fact not not far off leading up to the goal United had there was a, a Sky Sports stat that flashed up at one point it was like in the last five minutes United had had 80% possession or something like that it was one period of play where United were really on top and then they were right on the front foot in the at the beginning of the second half um, which I thought was great um, and really really kind of that was when the Aguero chance you know, the goal that was not a goal, that's when that happened because we did leave a little bit of space at the back, but it was worth it, I thought, to try and kind of get a bit of a foot on their neck effectively. Um, so let's let's uh, let's talk about the, the first goal. Bruno Fernandes with a fine piece of being fouled, definitely 100% being fouled and mm. making his face <laughs> react completely appropriately to the level of actual pain he was in. Solid dive, that was, yeah. I mean, he's he's anticipated the challenge, yeah, as pundits like to say. Um, but I tell you what, he really anticipated, and that was the movement of Anthony Martial. Just incredible, the two of them switched on and to to time it so that Martial was onside in the era of millimeter offsides was very, very, very impressive. Obviously, and he was millimeters onside yeah, as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. and and um, I thought that the scuffed finish into the bottom corner. I mean, scuffed is a strong word. The, the, the finish into the bottom corner made it... I mean, Edison's got a lot of criticism and he probably should. I don't know. I'm not a goalkeeper, but I feel he should save it. But it 
it was where he wasn't expecting it quite quickly. Sure. I, I think if David done that, we'd be writing him <laughs> off and calling for Hendo to be recalled. So, yeah, for a keeper of his quality, he's got to save yeah. that. He's just got to save that. It's a back pass and he's dived over the top of it. It's a horrendous mistake. I mean, it's 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 not his kind of headline horrendous mistake of the day, though, is it? Um Two errors leading to goal. Yeah, I don't know if that <laughs> if that one. one counts as an error leading to goal, failing to save that one at the near post. I don't know if that gets officially registered. Um, I, I, I think it will because he's gone over the top of it. And I mean, I, I don't know actually who like in the Opta stats. I don't know who who scored have it. As oh, an there you error. go. That's... But 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 they don't. I don't. They don't take Opta right, stats okay. famously. But yeah, we'll see. I love the way you said famously. Then famously among a very specific subset of people. <laughs> yeah, who complained about it loudly? Um, the Bernie Bros of the uh, data sphere. <laughs> the uh, I'm trying to think of a word that's like bro that starts with O, and I'm not getting there. Um, the, uh, the it was a it was an excellent goal, and moments later, uh, we 100 percent should have had a penalty. Or maybe maybe a hundred oh, is too strong, <laughs> but I. No, no, is it is there a number more than a hundred that makes any kind of mathematical only, sense? The only here? thing that I could think was he was not fully in control of the like he'd already lost the ball when the when the contact comes in. No, I'm not having that. It's close okay. enough. It's cl- it's close. It's close enough. That it's it's so a penalty. And I I haven't seen the explanation from the the professional P- referee match whatever mm-hmm. pigeonhole. Uh, yet about why that wasn't given. Maybe it's because they sent this high bar for overturning the on the field decision. <laughs> but it's just it's just so bad. Yeah. That's clearly a penalty, and and you know just rub salt in the wound that he's got a yellow card for that. Good job that didn't impact United later in the game. But yeah, terrible a terrible decision. And and VAR is there for that. It's there for that. Yeah, and then um, the the weird one with the Aguero thing when it seemed to me like the referee had blown. And yeah, which stops the game. Yeah, so it can't be given. It can't be given. The game has stopped. It is dead. But there was like a proper check for disallowed goal, and they did all their stupid CAD drawing lines. Um, I, I I know. I mean, look, if I was the, if that had been given, if he was two inches the other way or whatever it was that he was offside, I would be absolutely livid if I was the United manager because. I don't think De Gea's... He's heard the whistle. He's seen the flag. And he hasn't He hasn't died for it. He hasn't tried to stop it. He hasn't made any attempt to uh, change Aguero's mind. Aguero may well be so relaxed that he's banged it in the top corner mm. as well. So it's, it's fundamentally changed that moment of action. You can't then go re-litigate that. I mean, the, the flag being up is fine. Like, that's... You know, the flag is, is advisory, isn't it? Um, but once the referee's blown his whistle... The ball's dead, I think. Um, so anyway, yeah. That, but fortunately, Aguero's uh, shoulder or armpit or whatever was offside. I mean, I have to say, it was a lot closer than it looked in real time. Um, and United kind of got away with one there, but it would have been extraordinary. And and I wouldn't have. Un- I mean, I'm not saying they'd have made it. They were wrong, but I, as far as I'd previously understood it, it would have looked very odd. Um, yeah. And apart from that, City barely had it. There's the Raheem Sterling one. No, sorry. Um, yeah, it was Sterling, wasn't it? And um, uh, Riyad Mahrez 
played it into him sort of centrally late in the game, just after Mara's come on. Oh, I thought about ten minutes ago. I thought that so. was the. I thought it was Gabby Jesus who um, kind of did a bit of a step over and did a shot from a narrow angle. Um, I thought it was Jesus, but maybe it was Sterling. My bad if it was. Um, um, yeah, but that I mean that was about it for really good chances. Um, United had their Anthony Martial chance as well, just after half time. Um, and then a bunch of pot shots, as we always do, including one from about 45 yards from McSauce. Yes! What a moment! Just, like, so, first of all, right, there's a number of things to say. One, which we'll come to in the questions. Lots of questions about Agalo. Um, absolutely sick touch from Agalo uh, on, in the build-up to that. And then Fred got his through ball wrong and trickled it to Edison. But Agalo deserves an assist for that, um, for that touch. Then Edison throws it out and you can see it gets stuck in his hand. It, it kind of, he, it's like a, um, like a spin bowler. Joe Root did it in the, in the, new, in the um, South Africa series. He just bowled a bouncer, which I think he might slightly do it on purpose. But anyway, it's so like when a spin bowler gets it very badly wrong and it bounces b- before halfway down the pitch. And it went straight to McTominay, whose anticipation was good. Like he saw that that was possible. And I mean, I think it probably helped that United were 1-0 up and it was the literal 96th minute, but an absolutely fantastic, fantastic Beckham-esque first-time hit. Yeah, the funny thing is, given the the XG model takes into account all of that, it's 40-odd yards out, but it's still 0.15 XG. <laughs> it's quite high, isn't it, for a 40-yard It's quite out. high for a shot from that far out. <laughs> yeah, but brilliant, just brilliant, and and a wonderful glorious moment few few other talking points in that game uh Martial, have you seen the uh the dent in his leg that the post yeah. took a full chunk out of it. it's very upsetting i, I regretted seeing that yeah he'll be fine uh, he'll be fine he was man of the match today i thought he was absolutely excellent for the most part and there was there was one moment where i properly yelled at him like pass it tony mate because fernandez was unmarked but even that was superseded by the "What are you doing?" at Dan James when Dan James had the shot from what I think was a tighter angle in a worse game state with Fernandez in a better position, and James just clearly had not got his head up at he all. He had not got his head up. I mean, Mar- Martial, I'm sure, saw Fernandez and was just greedy. He thought he could put it into that far far corner, and, and fair play, that is his favourite move. Yep. And you'd expect better than a back pass to the keeper. Yep. But Dan James, absolutely criminal. Yeah, properly. <laughs> and, and I think on both occasions, Keishons, Fernandes <laughs> uh, kept his call and mm. uh, didn't have a go at his teammates too much. I, it's probably there was a coming, bit of flappy though. arms. Bit of flappy arms. There was a little bit of flappy arms. And rightly so. This was fully deserved flappy Fernandes arms. Fernandes, an interesting performance today because he didn't get the ball very much. And as a result, couldn't do much with it. But I thought he did the defensive part pretty well. He, he's got good energy and he got about and he defended from the front. And there were times when United had City rattled in in their defensive third and, and were pressing from the front pretty well. I mean, it was all, obviously the game plan. Game plan was there to see, right? Soak up the pressure, try and keep them in front of you, try and win it back high up the pitch. A very simple game plan and one that, 
has worked sporadically against City or against Pep, I should say, in exactly this type of game with these kind of stats for the last 15 years. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. Sorry about all the mean things I have said in the past and will continue to say in the future about you. Um, first time I was told today, if this stat is incorrect, blame my old boss, who I have to listen to because he used to be my boss. Um, first time we've done the league double over City since 2009-10. Yes, apparently so. Which, that's an incredible statistic. And both games, what, what, Solskjaer... Des- I mean, what, what has happened in those intervening years? I mean... Could it have been billions and billions of pounds of you know, sovereign wealth pumped into one of these clubs or something like yes. that? Yes, and billions taken out of the other one in a nice, neat overlap. But um, the uh, the point being, like, Solskjaer, I think, deserves genuine credit. And, and I, I do think I've been immensely critical of some aspects of his performance over the season. And I think I don't at any point think that's been unfair there are definitely people who do think it is but you know can't can't please everyone can you um but ultimately um this good run of form which we've broken down a number of times has contained within it some real peaks and the this thing about like the, the a couple of key signs where since fernandez has come the attack looks like it's got half an idea of what it's doing the defense really does look very, very, very solid, very well organised in these in both systems. They they there's very clear understanding and they they play very well together and there's some good solid individual performers in in that group. Um we look much less ropey from defensive set pieces. Uh, that game against Everton was real evidence of that. There was a, a number of times today as well where I think we conceded a good few corners today and didn't look in any real trouble from any of them. So, you know there are real positive things afoot now. Whether whether he's got enough about him to navigate these waters, whether you know we, this kind of real long term plan will be executed successfully, I, I would just you would just love to see it, wouldn't you? You know, sure. Look, we've been in a good run of form before, uh, and it all collapsed. So I'm not counting any chickens, but I think all that analysis is is perfectly fair. The they did defend set pieces well again today. I think City had 12 corners, if I'm right. and Right, there you go. Which is a lot. And they defended well yeah. against Everton. They've given very few chances away today, albeit in a specific system for this game, but one perfectly suited to this game. And and in, in other games, since Fernandez arrived, we have looked more functioning as an attacking unit. You know, having a creative player in there, really does help. Uh, and and then there's certainly going to be games where we all want more than one creative player. Definitely. And and uh, Paul Pogba's oh, return greedy. would be very nice. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. We, you know, for these last few games of the season and potential Europa League run. We're going to, I mean, we're going to come and talk about the LASK game shortly, but you know, see, I've got a great chance in that tournament to go very, very far now. And and so yeah, look, signs signs are pointing upwards. There was one one moment where I went full, not quite full or layout, but a proper like head in hands moment when we when he took Martial off that double substitution um, and took off Williams brought by on completely understandable, um, but then he uh, took Martial off and brought on McTominay 
and played Fernandez basically as a false nine. And that just felt like a terrible mistake given the amount of impetus it would surrender. Not that Martial needed to come off, he, he was tired, but it actually, I think Solskjaer corrected that fairly quickly when he brought Agallo on and it was, well, it's, it, very it was much... still 10 minutes of of just desperate defending. That's what I was saying. United hadn't resorted to just booting it into the corners until that moment. And uh, yeah, I think that was an error. I think it was just too defensive. And Igala came on and gave United, I mean, he only played six minutes, but he gave uh, United a, a point of attack, didn't he? And he did very well. And he was very neat with his his um, play, with his back to goal and just bringing others into into play and, and uh, played a role in the second goal, as you say. So... Um, it was he did correct his mistake, but it was a mistake to to make that change. Yeah, um, the other thing that I thought during the watching of this game, which is a thought I've had before, but I don't think I ever said out loud. It doesn't really need to be said out loud, but hey, here we are. Fred is really good at standing up very quickly after he falls over, which is not easy to do when you fall over. Like if I fall over, I'm down. That's, it's taken a while for me you to get go back down up. hard. When I'm, and on the field to play too. Come on. It's a family show. It's definitely uh, not. Fred, Fred pops right back up. He's like, he just hits the deck quite often. He falls over quite a lot. Maybe that's why he's so good at getting up. But time after time, he's quite good also at like, when he does fall over, tackling someone when he's fallen over and then immediately getting back up. So yeah, Fred weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. That's my final thought on us beating City 2-0 in the derby. I guess um, final thought would be a bit of context, having said uh, last week that this game doesn't really matter. Um, or at least it's not a £100 million uh, 1v1 clash winner takes all or whatever it was you said. Oh, oh come on, come on. <laughs> We're going to play that back. I'm going to cut it out and send it to you every five minutes in the middle of the night. I know that you did not say that really, Ed. But actually, with Chelsea winning 4-0 today, it was super important. It became super important um, just to kind of... Well, like a massive, massive bonus to win this game. And they will be sick as a parrot to only three points ahead. Sick as a parrot. After opening we, we, look, we started up, the day behind Wolves and Sheffield United. So it's not just us Chelsea, 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 chasing Chelsea. Uh, and uh, I mean Sheffield United are in great form. So Wolves—they're coming good, just at the right time of season. They've got the Europa League as well, of course. Dean Henderson not letting, letting in any goals. Ten clean sheets in the league this season. Uh, you and I swapped a few messages about David de Gea versus Hendo stats this week. Always quite hard to analyze goalkeepers, but uh, I mean a good reason to think that Hendo is overperforming the league average by. About the same amount that David Gea is underperforming the league average, and uh, you know, so it's tight at the top, and we we've got some real competitors, and and maybe Chelsea are finding form at just the wrong time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, one win, oh, so you know, they, they're they're on a one win winning streak. Good luck to them. Oh, they did they win in the FA Cup? I think they did, didn't they? Oh yeah, they beat Chelsea, Liverpool two 0 and then Everton four 0 All right, yeah, that, that that counts as form. He's hoping that they uh, stuff it up and lose to Villa next weekend. I mean, Leicester in one win in five in the league. 
they, and two two losses in a row, and they might be looking over their shoulders. Now. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because they they their form is loss, loss, draw, draw, win. So it's a long a long time since they've they've won a league game, and and the the thing is, they had opened up such a substantial lead that they're still a couple of points above Chelsea. Um, five points above us, but like you say, they're, they're... and a game in hand, right, 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 right. But we do play them on the last day. There you go yeah, to see if we can overtake them for third place with Egalo scoring That's his fifteenth league goal. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. Anyway, shall we? Shall we take a, a brief break and come back with uh, the good folks of Twitter and Instagram? Let's do it. We're never going to take a question on Facebook ever. It's a devil's platform. But we'll be back shortly. We hope you're enjoying the No Question About That podcast. We are open for sponsorship. So if uh, you run the kind of business that would be interested in sponsoring our show, just drop us an email at nqatpod at gmail.com. That's one of the most stupid questions I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Test my patience. All right. First question from from Sir Thoppus on Instagram. Is Wayne Rooney handsome or is beard is his beard doing the heavy lifting? <laughs> very, very heavy lifting. Very. It is an unbelievable beard, Wayne Rooney's beard. It is proper Viking god levels. Considering how thin his pretend hair is on top, the sheer thickness of his beard. It must be annoying if you kind of like... Uh, you're like, why can't this just be a few inches higher and be actual hair? Anyway, yeah, good beard. Solid. But he's Wayne solid, solid analysis. Wayne, Wayne Rooney is not not handsome. He's just quite specific looking. I do like it that he looks exactly like he did in that advert for Nike <laughs> yeah. many years yeah. ago, where in the advert he'd ruined his career and he was living in a caravan somewhere. Yeah. And he has grown that actual beard in real life. It's good. Well, his, it's, it's very his good. Beard, that, that advert predicted did not predict the sheer uh, resplendent lusciousness of his beard, to be fair. <laughs> Kevin Livingston says, current runner form, improved results, symptomatic of an improvement from Ollie or an outlier, or based on the fact that we've got a brilliant new player. Well, how about it's all three of those things mixed together? Ollie's getting some stuff right he wasn't getting right in the past. Bruno um, coming along has made an enormous difference and a couple of these results have probably been a little anomalous. Um, I, I would say I'd say it's probably a bit of all of those three things. And if, if you had to if I had to pick one, if I had to rank those in order, I would say it's Bruno, improvements in Ole, outlier third. That would be, be what I'd say. All right. At the, that James boy saying, is McTominay a long-term club captain? Also, how ace was that? Four question marks. Very, very, very ace. Five exclamation marks. Um, the, the, McTominay went up to the game. Uh, they were all doing hugs and stuff after the game. And McTominay went up to Maguire and like gave him quite a sort of respectful, somewhat distant, not like cold or anything, but there was a slight distance. And I was like, yeah, he's coming for you, kid. He's coming for you. I, I'm sure he will captain the club at least a handful of times in his time. I'm sure he will. I mean, Maguire's 27 today, or yesterday, was it? So uh, it looks like he's got that locked for a long time, but McSauce's got all the qualities. Yeah. I think he's come through the academy. He's clearly a leader, loves it, and uh, 
he, uh, he, he likes to boss people around, which, you know, is key captain material or something like that. Connor says, when Bruno hugged Tony, didn't it feel like everything in life was going to be okay? Yeah, it kind of did. No, we're dying of a pandemic. Your eyeballs are going to bleed out of every other orifice in your body. It's the end. And and just, just on a minor, it's probably not the end. It's probably not the end. But if it's, it is going to be the end, if it's not the end quick enough to stop Liverpool winning the title because they only need one more win now, at least... At least let them have to lift the trophy in an empty stadium. I, I think Please. it's two. Um, so we've got a chance. Uh, not only did that make everything all right, but the photo of Marcus Rashford, Santan Dave and Joffre Archer watching the game together made my little heart real, real happy. Um, lovely to... S- Santan Dave, by the way, I mean, we can't, we can't leave that without calling out. This is the man who said he wouldn't watch United again while Ali was in charge. He just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, that's true. He, did, he didn't say he wouldn't watch. He said he wasn't going to be talking about it on Twitter. I don't know whether that has happened or not. But um, but yeah, absolutely lovely scenes. I wonder if Joffre's like, ah, oh, do you know what? It's kind of worth not being in Sri Lanka for this. Um, who has the better touch? Asks Doug underscore McIntyre. Igalo or Berbatov? <laughs> I know, it's definitely Berber, but... Igalo should show some very nice touches today. Very nice. Yeah, and and I have to say, uh, lots of things wrong with the Igalo signing. The sheer blissful joy of him and his experience is definitely like uh, not one of them. Like that, his reaction to the goal at the end. Like he was doing massive, crazy waving. You could see what to jump in the Stratford end. Really kind of special moment. Sasha Kaura says, can Paul build a Lego replica of Bruno's gesture towards Pep, please? Please. <laughs> yeah, well, we had a question here as well from Yip Yap Dan saying, uh, what do you think Pep and Bruno were discussing? Maybe it was Lego. Or maybe, maybe Pep was like, yeah, fair enough, you're winning, but that beard is what's doing the heavy lifting. And then Bruno give him the shush for that. Pep's just jealous that uh, he's not as her suit. Yes, possibly so. Um, Pep, by the way, like, why? I've never understood this. Why would anyone stand on a touchline in Manchester March rain, especially with no hair? And that's not me making fun of him. I just mean literally, especially with that. Without a coat on. Why? If I, if that was me, I would be like, zipped up, hood up, like scarf all wrapped round, gloves. I don't think it makes your brain work better to be that cold. No. Maybe it well, does. I, I have no idea. I mean, maybe it's like a computer in there and it needs cooling down in order to work <laughs> smoothly. Possibly. Quite possibly. The other Bundesliga says, uh, do you guys think there'll be heavy rotation for the game against LASK? Are you expecting to win both legs comfortably? We'll come to that one. Yes, totally. We're going to smash them. Um I didn't know the Austrian league was the under, other Bundesliga, but that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Nakul Kakar says, was that McTominay goal your favourite goal of the post-Fergie era? And I have to say that is a classic of the genre of questions written within 30 seconds of a goal going in. Because like in that 30 seconds, absolutely unquestionably, with the, the cool light of... Uh, Four hours worth of hindsight, I'd say it might crack the top ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was just the other day was the uh, one-year anniversary of Paris. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and and of course, as I always talk about Martial in the FA Cup semi final, um, there's been there's been a lot of really good ones. Uh, Ma- Juanfield was after the Ferguson era, um, but yeah, uh, it it was extremely enjoyable. And like I said, it was the kind of it substantially added to the feel-good factor of this game. If the referee had blown his whistle while Edison had the ball in his hands before he threw it out, everyone would have been absolutely buzzing and delighted with the win and all that kind of stuff. But it ratcheted it up to another level, and there's something to be said for that. And it will ratchet up the confidence to another level as well. And that, given where we are in the season, the fact that United are going into this phase of the season massively confident, it's a big deal. Of course, yes, yeah, big, big deal. Messi, 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 Goat, Messi, on Twitter. Uh, it's big, big Ronaldo fan, yeah. yeah, yeah I was going to say Ronaldo, bigger than Messi. Has a recent form? No, what? <laughs> just... What? That is not the official position of this podcast. Uh, Bruno's bigger than both. Uh, is that the official position? Anyway, yes. Has the recent form Matic justified his contract extension? I just, I have to say, saw this and, you know, obviously never been a huge fan of, of Matic. Oh, really? Really. Um, because I think his legs went about four years ago. And uh, as a result, he's a bit of a liability. He's been in very good form for the last six weeks. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. And uh, he played a very important role today. I look at this and I worry a little bit that it says that United are still in this mode of they can probably only do three deals this summer and one of them isn't going to be another midfielder. And if Pogba is going, that makes me worried. I mean, or one of them isn't going to be two midfielders, effectively. Like, you know, that that we're not going to get those numbers. I mean, uh, so on a very different note, at Charlonardo says, uh, no question, would just appreciate some Igalo love for his part in that incredible goal. And yeah. It was that question that reminded me that I wanted to talk about that when I when I when I did earlier. It was a it was a lovely lovely touch, and just generally speaking, I think he does deserve quite a lot of appreciation for, um, I, you know, he's not like some unbelievable world beater, but I don't think there's going to be anyone if he does leave after six months. I think everyone is going to look back at this with a tremendous amount of fondness, and you know that like any time he's anywhere near Old Trafford, he's having his name sung to the rafters and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't take much to be massively appreciated by United fans, I think. No, that's right. Uh, Henrik Larsson scored four goals in his time with us um, and and he's loved 20 yeah. years later. Yeah, absolutely. All right, shall um, we... Got, uh, I, you got another one? I've got a, yeah, I got a couple more. Um, I, I, I like this one. Uh, which just says your opinions on another well-organised defensive display, Jack Brindley, 1990. And and I do think that has been the one sort of consistent hallmark of this particular run of form. Um, I said earlier this season in, in a group chat that I'm in with some friends uh, that, you know, for all the flaws of the of Oli this season, we look miles better defensively organised than we had done under Mourinho. And then in that game that I said that, about five minutes later, we conceded and then we conceded again. And then we went through like months of being incredibly sloppy and they keep making fun of me and being like, oh, do we look defensively organised yet? And now I just want to say, yes, we do look defensively organised. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 
and and then we just had a, a, another uh, number of questions about um, this. This is one, the last one that I'll leave us with. Danny.j.1 saying, where do we put the Agalo statue and will Lego update their old truffle model to show it? <laughs> well, you can add it to your own. Get yourself a minifigure, build yourself one. Yeah, that's true. Although the scale, I mean, that would imply that not only are we building a statue of Igalo, but we're building a giant size statue of Igalo at Old Trafford. And I'm all for it. Um, 50 foot tall. Yeah, should we take a little break and then come back and talk about an Austrian team that neither of us have ever seen play? Let's do it. Okay. Well, I don't know about you because I, I was an expert on uh, Erling Haaland, like everyone else on the internet. Because I've been watching Austrian league football every week. I, I, you haven't heard of Linzer Athletic Sport Club? Well, genuinely, as as I mentioned, when the draw was made, or even before the draw was made, literally never heard of them. Now, I have to say, I was looking down the um, the Bundesliga table to a lot of teams that are under the Austrian Bundesliga, obviously, um, that are under uh, Lask, and I've heard of all of them, uh, down to, I think, probably... Uh, sixth place there's a team called Hartberg that I'm not familiar with but obviously like Red Bull Salzburg in second the Rapid Vienna Rapid Vienna Hartberg who had just lost to our next opponents 5-1 at the weekend there you go Wolfsburg not those ones and then SK Sturm Graz which is a name that once you hear you can never forget um, but yeah they are, they are top of the Bundesliga they uh, they don't score a phenomenal amount of goals but they hardly concede any that's been They've definitely. I mean, they've scored a lot of goals in that in that recent game, but um, Red Bull, prob- probably largely thanks to the fact that they had Erling Braut Haaland, have scored seventy four goals this season. Very, very much an outlier. In fact, in fact, sorry, I made a mistake because Lask have scored the second most joint second most number of goals. It's just twenty four goals behind the team that Erling Braut Haaland played for. There you go. Yeah. So they um, interesting history. This club. I mean, I obviously didn't know anything about them. Uh, as demonstrated on the pod a couple of weeks ago when I was like, who are they? Uh, when the, the draw came out. They, um, not not that many years ago, were in the second division. So five, six years ago. And uh, although they're, they're not some kind of new club that suddenly found money, they've been around for 110 years. Uh, a few years ago, they merged with another club from Linz, um, which somehow there's been some kind of falling out between the merged parties. So... Lask's logo has gone from having Lask Lintz underneath it to just Lask again. I don't know whether we're supposed to call them L-A-S-K, but since they, it is a, you know, actually a, an acronym, um, or uh, or Lask. I think they get or who cares? They they do get called. They definitely get called Lask. But, um, I didn't know that before, but I lasked someone. You lasked someone. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I don't have anything useful to contribute to this conversation. So I thought I'd make the worst wordplay I've ever made on this show. And that's like up against some quite serious competition. Yeah, we won't be playing at um, the Waldstadion, uh, which is only 6,009. Very specific attendance uh, capacity days, 6,009. But we'll be playing at the 14,000 Linzer Stadion, which they will be moving back to after refurbishment. Uh, on a permanent basis, but there will be 14,000 people there at the very small ground, a while since United have been played at a ground of that size in European football. 
Um, should be interesting. Their manager is Valerian Ishmael. Yeah. Never heard of him, but he played for Crystal Palace in the late yeah, 90s. Yeah, I was sure the name rang a bell when I saw it. And he played for the French youth teams, but I don't think he played a senior international. Um, and the, uh, for them, because he, uh, he tried to represent Germany, um, but was rejected by the German Football Federation for there not being enough connection to Germany. But he played in um, Bremen uh, and he played for Bayern Munich for a season, a couple of seasons. Um, so, and, and and he's had a pretty, like, considering he's fairly young, I mean, he's, he's your age, Ed, um, he's managed, he managed a big grown-up Wolfsburg, other Wolfsburg, the one with a U, the German one, um, uh, and he previously managed Hanover, FC Nuremberg. So, you know, he's, he's got some Bundesliga chops as a manager, uh, and he's clearly doing a phenomenal job at last because they're uh, keeping off the uh, financial might of Red Bull. I bet they were so happy when Haaland left that league. Like, given the differential in number of goals scored by the top clubs in that division, they must have been absolutely buzzing when Haaland signed for Dortmund. The boy Haaland, whose uh, who's striking rate is dipped somewhat. He's not scoring four <laughs> goals a game. <laughs> Unsustainable. Rubbish. Fraud. Eric Eric Fraud Harland, more like. Oh, yeah, you stick it to him. Anyway, so what, what kind of team are we going to see? Is uh, I mean, cause, because we've seen heavy rotation in pretty much every Europa League game so far. This is a club we'd expect to beat over two legs. I imagine we're going to see more rotation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you we just assume that we're going to beat the team that's kind of like somewhat comfortably top of the Austrian league. Um, I don't know where that stands in uh, in the ranking of league tables. I know it's obviously not one of the, the proper big boys, but, you know, it, I can't imagine they're going to be an absolute pushover in the way that, like, 10-man Bruges were, for example. Um, but the, I wonder whether he'll do something very similar to what he did against Bruges and play a very, very weakened team in that away leg. Um especially with a view to what is a massive, massive game uh, against Tottenham away uh, at the weekend, which follows this. So you'd think that Solskjaer would be full of confidence about United's ability to deal with Mourinho's like dying swan Tottenham, like coughing and spluttering into oblivion with every passing minute. So, but he's going to want, he's going to want his best talents fresh for that. I guess we're going to see Igalo up front, I guess we'll see Greenwood start. Um, I wonder if we'll see a bit of Pereira and Lingard action. Certainly one of the two of them, I imagine, will play. Could well do, yeah. I mean, I think it's much as we said uh, would be the team against Derby. It's, it's probably likely to be a little stronger at the back than up front or at least a lot, quite a lot of changes. Uh, I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Greenwood and Igalo have got a very good chance of starting Pereira Matter and Lingard, probably not all of them, will all get a shout somewhere uh, against Derby. None of the kids got a got within a sight of the squad, so neither Chong or Gomez, uh, which is a shame because we'd like to see them. They have played in this competition. I wonder whether it just gets a bit more serious now that we're in sight of the big prize. Uh, and it's, it's squad rotation, five or six changes, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be. I I think this game. I'm I'd be 
just to say, like, I know I predicted a, a loss against Man City and I think that we're going to beat Spurs. So this is not like just rampant negativity. But I do think if we play a heavily rotated side, this one could be a bit of a Thursday afternoon slog. As many of our away trips in the Europa League have been this season. I can't think of one that has been particularly enjoyable with the potential exception of a game we actually lost um, when we played all the kids against Astana, which was quite enjoyable to watch. Um, True. So uh, 538 has their Lasks SPI ranking at uh, 68, which is about, what, 15th or 16th in the Premier League in terms of standard. Right, so there you... They, as I said, they lost to Club Bruges, but beat Azik Altmar, two teams we're familiar with. So, it's you know, we know where they are in terms of standard. United should win this um, one. But, you know, like, if we were playing the 13th or 14th best team in the Premier League with away from home Totes. with a heavily rotated side, I'm not sure we'd be, yeah. like, super pumped about that, would we? So... No, no. Uh, over two legs, I'd be absolutely shocked if United don't go through. Okay. And, uh, I, uh, yeah. Anyway, you got a prediction for this one? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough and probably slightly dull one-all draw with the fireworks being saved for the weekend. This is this is going to be very much an parity to the main event of football coming up this week. You know the game against Spurs will be a 0.1 versus 0.12 XG, low block versus low block. The unstoppable force versus... No, no, it's more like the immovable object versus the immovable object. I mean... As long as it ends with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer patting Jose Mourinho on the head again, I'm going to be perfectly happy with that. That was sweet. Anyway, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to United in this game for no other reason than just to change it up. Because, you know, I never predict a United win. Okay, great. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Or at least I'm looking forward to the 15 minutes of the beginning and the end of it that I'll be able to watch around work. But afterwards, I'm hoping that you'll be able to explain to me what happened in some detail um, as we record a show on the Thursday, pretty much straight after that game, to come out on the Friday. Patreon backers, stay tuned for some content which we recorded last night, so I already know that you you are in store for a lot of admin chat. There is an awful lot of uh, fo- international football admin coming up in the next 25 minutes of your life. But You're supposed to sell it so it they was, listen. Hopefully it was kind of a fun chat about the... Uh, the uh, the Nations League and uh, the World Cup and all the kind of permutations and implications of all of that sort of stuff. Um, everyone else will see you on Friday. And uh, until then, obviously, bask in the absolute glory of Man United stuffing City once again. It's just too easy at this point, isn't it? So can we play you every week? Sadly, we can't, but enjoy it. And we'll see you Friday. Bye now.